This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show, and a happy new year to all of our listeners. Some of us were sent to Coventry yesterday to witness City come from behind to earn a point at the CBS Arena. Much like Millwall, we had chances and some might say we could have come away with more points. City now undefeated in two and unbeaten, Matt, in the whole of 2023. Your thoughts? <laughs> God, you're so optimistic, aren't you? <laughs> so positive. Um... Let's be fair, if if we'd have said we'd get two draws away at Millwall and Coventry, I think we both would have taken it. On the balance of play, I think in both games we had the better chances and, and with a little bit more quality, a little bit more luck, could easily have come away with six points this week. Um, and, you know, in fairness to Nigel Pearson, he recognises that. He recognises that we need to start winning games. Um, but I think those two results this week were, were definitely a step in the right direction. Well, the Lee's three words, uh, sponsored by Rob, um, are composure could cost. And I think that's going back to what you've just said there, Matt, about, you know, could have three points, could have, sorry, could have four points or even six. Yeah, yeah, easily. Um, and I think Rob's going more for kind of a, a mini sentence there rather than three separate words. So, <laughs> um, you know, well, welcome, uh, Rob. Well, but well, Lee, he's doing, he's doing his be best. Back. He's doing yeah. his best in his yeah, actions. yeah. Um, just a quick one. Happy 71st birthday today to Tom Ritchie. Tom made 503 appearances uh, for Bristol City, scored 132 goals, the second highest, um, including 16 braces and two hat-tricks. And what a legend of a man, Matt. Just a true gentleman, Pat, isn't he? Um, you know, you, you and I both had the pleasure of, of spending time with his company and his wife, Doreen. Um, lovely family. And, and Tom is just a, a true gentleman. When you... You walk around any of the hospitality lounges with him. He's got time for absolutely everybody. Um, yeah, just just a really nice guy. Um, and obviously a tremendous footballer. So, yeah, many happy returns, Tom. Yeah, have a great day, Sir Tom. Right, we'll bring in our guest now. It's Bond, Ben Bond. He's back again. And um, Ben, you're going to start us off with how are you out of 10, sir? Well, good good morning, Patch, Matt, and thanks for uh, inviting me back on. So in, in true uh, three-peep style, I would say I'm a solid seven. Um, <laughs> solid seven, given what we've experienced on the football front in the last, well, the last week at least, and on the personal front, and going back to, 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 to the day job tomorrow, all brings it down to a seven. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think seven's about right. Yeah, it just reminded me seven, that work yeah. work starts again tomorrow. After um, I've almost I've had almost two and a half weeks off. I think now, so uh, I can't remember my password. You know where my where my laptop is, and so yeah, I might have to do a bit of bit of searching later, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm all good. It's all in the same office, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a good seven as well. I think. Excellent. Okay, so the starting lineup yesterday, one change. Uh, it was uh, Conway coming out, Wells coming in. And Matt, we half expected that with, I think the plan from from Nigel Pearson was to get Semenyo some minutes and he's got those minutes and he's got a goal as well. Um, but yeah, Conway out, Wells in. Any other changes you were maybe thinking about? I thought potentially Matty James for Joe Williams. Um, with with both Antoine and, and Matty, um, I think we were we were talking about it in the car on the way out, weren't we? It was whether they could play 
two games in in quick succession. Um, but as it proved, as you said there with Antoine, um, he, he does need more game time to get the the finites into his game. Um, so it was good that he played like he did against Millwall. I thought it was a, it was a fairly obvious change. Naki and Tommy, I think, sort of Nigel Pearson almost referenced that in his post match um, after the Millwall game. So yeah, for me, it was really just whether Matty James would be rested for Joe Williams. Um, other than that, I thought it was a fairly a fairly obvious starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ben. For me, I think the the solidity and the consistency that the back five, if you like, have showed over the last couple of games. Um, you know, Millwall and Coventry. It's given us some something on, upon which to build. That back five seems to be fairly fairly consistently solid now. Yeah, I agree. I think that the change of Conway um, for Wales after the, the the Millwall game was 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 sound and and made some sense. I like the the structure of of where Atkinson now is compared to Naismith. I've always liked Pring. I know that this podcast has been a a huge and rightly a Pring fan. Um, particularly in the in recent performances and and Tanner, although you could say for the goal that we come on to later that Tanner's role in that for our goal we conceded, but actually um, yeah it's got a look about it. I, I do think we need to win games, but we win games by being solid and getting some goals rather than trying to catch up and scoring one more than the other guys. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's get into the minutes then. Third minute. Palmer through ball gets Waghorn in between Tanner and Atkinson and draws a great save from Max. And Matt, obviously a massive Casey Palmer fan over the years, and he started bright. He did. He did. He looked. Um, he looked lively, didn't he? A lot of what they were doing was going through him. Um, and and that ball was kind of casey palmer in in one moment really wasn't it where he, he disguises the pass plays it perfect weight um and I, I thought he had a, a decent game for them i was actually pleased when they took him off i know a lot of city fans said, oh typical casey faded uh, i didn't think he did i thought he was still very much in the game um alongside with hamer as well but it was a, a good ball um Waghorn should have done better with it, I think, from where he was. Um, Max was able to smother it, wasn't it? But I, I don't put um I don't put too much on the defenders. I just think you've got to sometimes say, yeah, well, it was a really good disguised pass, wasn't it? Yeah. Um into the ninth minute as a ball forward from Zach Viner, and it's Viman away down the right. The cross goes in and it just goes over Semenyo's head, Ben. Um, but the city's first attack there. Um, and it was just great to see. A cross coming in, and Semenya's just just uh, just missed it. it was maybe a little bit too much pace on the cross. Yeah, it was it was it was a lively opening from Coventry. First sort of six seven minutes, as we've said, was was really well covered. I've I've liked Casey as well. I know around me in the ground yesterday there were people that were kind of booing, and I was kind of on the opposite side of that. I think Casey did a, did a decent job for us, but maybe he left uh, too soon or wasn't valued or whatever. But he was all over it. Uh, and like Matt said, he, he he I was glad when I was surprised they took him off. And I was glad that he went he went off. Um, yeah, it was good to see Vyman in there. He, that's what he offers the club in terms of that sort of channel work, brings it in. And it was a, it was actually was, was right in front of us, wasn't it? In the in the away end there, but it was yeah. uh, it was actually really high. It was it was quite a lot higher than than Simone could have got up to. But it was it was a it was positive intent. And actually, uh, from a start, I thought we were going to possibly wilt a little bit. We 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 bounced back for that chance. Sadly didn't last very long yeah matt I, I listened to an interview after the game with uh the moose from talk sport with nigel yep. pearson and he messed yep. he asked him about casey palmer he did yeah um yeah, yeah and he, he more or less said that he 
you know, he had opportunities and it just didn't work out for him. He was moved on and he's pleased to see that it's working out for him now. Yeah, I thought um, I thought he spoke well. Um, said he'd sort of seen the family. Um, that you know there, there was never anything personal. Casey was a good guy, um, but just needed to be playing regularly and in a position that suited him, which is obviously what he's doing now. Um, I always said with Casey Palmer, and, and I know he, he was really. I mean, my mic's probably not strong enough. Um, he's probably more veggie mic that, <laughs> um, but. He is the sort of player you've got to build a team around. He's got to be your focal point. Um, and I, I think he will end up doing doing pretty well for commentary. We were chatting to a couple of commentary fans before the game, um, and they really like him. Um, but you could have done the same with City fans. You could have found fans that liked him for us because he's one of those maverick players, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Nigel Pearson on that subject in particular spoke spoke quite well. Yeah. Said about the money as well, didn't he? That with sort of the, the the wages, it was also you know a case of needing to move on as well. So okay, into the twelfth minute, Hamer plays a one-two with Gikiarez, um, and he squares it to Bidwell. He plays a one-two with Max O'Leary. In fact, it's a great claw save from Max, but unfortunately, the ball goes straight back to him, and it's headed in. Um, for one nil to Coventry, Ben. Yeah, and I, I mentioned it in the in my last comment around the. I mean, a great a great claw out from sort of behind Max's body, and then it was sort of popped out almost onto the head of uh, the Coventry strike, the, the Coventry player. And actually, I'm not quite sure what Tanner. I haven't watched it again since, but I think Tanner may or may not could have done a, a bit a bit a bit more there to um at least get in the way. But yeah, it was uh, unfortunate, and at that moment, you kind of. A little bit unsettled, really. There's a few um, people behind us. I'm not going to call them fans, but some might call them fans calling for Pearson at that point, you know, sat yeah. in the morning stuff. And morning, I'm not up it, yeah. for that. that. That's not why I've driven up no. to the Midlands for after 15 minutes, given given that we're, you know, let's get behind the team and let's take it apart later in the in the on these forums or whatever. So um yeah, it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't great and you know, really quick. Not 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 most, not the majority, but too many voices behind us in that away in there. We're then straight on to the kind of a uh, cliched uh, Pearson out chance. Yeah, Matt, I'm just it's watching funny. the goal back now, actually. Yeah. And um, it, at the time, I think I said to you, why, you why is Max, done better, yeah, you, didn't you? Why, yeah. Is he, yeah. why is he clawing it that way? But he, he's just basically a reaction to... That was a brilliant save. It's absolutely very much fantastic. Like but we're obviously Se- down the other end of the grade. Yeah, very much like Seaman's save against Pesky Salido all those years ago. Oh, I remember that. That was awesome. Claw it out. But... Um, I think if you watch it back, Ben, I, I actually just think that Tanner, floor, Tanner had gone back onto the line um, and literally it, it's Bidwell's head and is sort of in the back of the net. But, but the, the bit before, um, and I think Trevor Chalice referenced it on, on Robin's TV, you've got to be aware of your runners. Um, Matty James sort of follows the ball. Yeah, there we go. It's on the screen. Sorry, now, just watching it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's sliding in and then, yeah, like you say, he's on the floor in. Um, but you know, Matt, Matty James loses his runner, um, although it's played quickly. Naismith is slow to react, and and Hamer, who I thought was their best player yesterday, alongside, um, and I don't know whether we're calling him Goykerez, Yakerez, Yukerez, whatever it is. But, G, G, yeah, they're very, very impressive striker who, if they hold on to in January, will have done really, really well because what a player I thought he was. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to be aware of it. And, and I thought Hamer, much like um, the West Brom Turkish lad, 35, uh, apologies. Okay. Yeah, uh, thanks. Oh, yeah, that was his name, yeah. Um, <laughs> ran, ran the show. I thought Hamer was running the show yesterday with Palmer as well. 
Um, and then we changed a little bit. We put Andy Vyman back in there a little bit more um, to try and sort of stifle that. But we've just got to be quicker. And 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 I'll keep saying it, it's midfield for me that we, we are desperate, desperate for an energetic winning midfield player. Um, Matty James, you know, as, as anybody who's unfortunately enough to sit near me knows I'm not a massive Matty James fan. I don't think... Um, he gives us enough energy in the midfield. He does a job, yeah, and he's he's composed. But I think that the modern game is all about pace. Um, and I just think that, that Matt's legs have gone. And I think that goal was was kind of case in point with both him and Carl Naismith. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an unbelievable save from Max. He was really unlucky. Into the 14th minute, it's an excellent corner from Matty James. Um, chance for Andy Vyman. Header back across goal and Wells' header is wide. Uncle- unclear to us um, where we were in terms of angles, in terms of whether Naki Wells could have done better, but I think it was just getting his head on it, Ben, to try and steer it home, but it goes wide. Yeah, I mean, I think we had, we, we had a whole range of, I think we had 10 first half corners and lots of them were um, beaten at the first the first, the first, first player. The first player was, was clearing it, so that wasn't the case in that one. But um, yeah, I mean, I think back to... Matt's point about Matty James. I'm not a huge fan in midfield, and set play delivery is okay, uh, and he and he brings a little bit of that to that towards it. But we you know we're, we're crying out for some midfield. I think we come to it later in our discussions around kind of where we go now because our midfield is all over the place at times, and um, you know we, we invite a lot of pressure back onto us. And actually, we did manage to start at that point, turn the game, so we we ended up controlling it through some energy around building up from the back and going forward with Semenyo and um, and Wells looking quite lively on, on in running, but obviously not finishing it. And of course, you know, relying on the Nakiwa header is always going to be a challenge for us because he's only a, a wee lad. Um, so another another good corner on the 21st minute from Matty James. You mentioned the corners in the first half. Uh, James' corners were actually spot on in the main. I think it was Naismith coming from the other side that weren't clearing the first man, which for a dead ball specialist, I just can't ever get my head round. Um, This one's got good power and accuracy, not capitalised on. And then um, a minute later, Wells is on the right-hand side. He puts it inside to Tanner, who cuts in and shoots left-footed, but off target, Matt. And this is a a relatively new position for George Tanner, the right wing-back role. He's more of a a right-back. But starting to get a little bit more advanced, cutting in, taking shots, it's great, great to see. Starting to find his feet in there, isn't he? And it's 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 the flip with sort of Andy Vyman when we were saying about the the missed chance against Millwall because he's not been playing in in his preferred position regularly. Then then he's going to take some time to get back up to speed. Same with George; he needs to play minutes in that position, um, and I think he will get better. I think he's good on the ball. I think he's got an eye for a pass, um, and it was good to see him getting forward. Shame, really, it was kind of on his left foot because uh, mm. you know, obviously he's, he's sort of predominantly right-footed. But no, I thought he did well yesterday, George. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, 27th minute, a good block from Matty James starts the move. Wells out wide to Vyman. His ball up the field to Semenyo and City are on the break. Back inside to James. James to Pring, who gets two bites at the cross. So it was great perseverance from uh, from Cam Pring into Wells and it falls to Semenyo who turns it home. And I think that, as I said, right at the start, Ben, is the reason why Semenyo's in the team is to get that first goal to hopefully give him a bit of a springboard. Yeah, and you could see him lifted after that as well. I mean, all strikers play on goals, all the cliche about confidence. I mean, just before that, though, I didn't make a note about um, KP did a sliding challenge on, um, I think it was on, uh, uh, on Tanner. 
and actually that that was kind of the bit I was interested in really on on um on on Casey and that and that kind of thing that you know he didn't always seem to do for us. So that was a uh, immediately before the the equaliser. But yeah, it, it it was good composure. It wasn't it was a it was a careful finish. It wasn't lashed at, and it was uh, at that point deserved because actually we we've been on the on the the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, we've been on the on the push, you know, playing playing it nicely wide and uh, trying to use the width that we could. Yeah, for me, Matt, it was um, you know just the 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 patient almost build up coming from you know campering, having the chance to to get the ball back in, and as you said, Ben, um, not lashing at it, I think is something that that Semenyo's got to relearn, Matt. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, he had one against Millwall that he. That he sort of smashed and went high and wide. Um, the campering, the second bite, as you, you referred to it, um, he actually takes it back outside with his outside of his left foot to then be able to get the angle. So it completely fucks the defender. So he did really, really well to, to get the cross in. Um, and yeah, Antoine, we we know the ability that Antoine Semenya's got. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. We're None of us are naive enough to, in the summer, be talking about, well, I wouldn't accept anything less than 15 million for him. And, you know, we've seen the ability he's got. Um, I think if he takes just, as you said, Patch, just a little bit more composure at times, and that will come with more games, then he's going to get back on the goal scoring trail, you know, uh, like he he was doing last season. Um, Ironically, in the second half, he had a chance where I wish he had a smashed it. <laughs> and yeah. then who knows what would have happened. But, you know, I, I thought his last two games, Millwall and Coventry, he's looked more like the Antoine that we know. Millwall rusty, but yesterday was a, a much better performance. He's starting to put himself about a bit as well. 31st minute. Great work on the right from Vyman. Great retention and pressure from Pring, Wells and Scott. It was a really good period of intensity from City, Ben. And lots of passes strung together, just not, you know, creating a chance. But all the while, it stops Coventry get the ball. Yeah, and we had, we had a really good press at that moment where yeah. we were really chasing them down. I think I've got Wyman and, and Wells both both doing loads of really effective closing down. And it reminded me of when, when we were decent in, in the old days. But when, when we had better periods of the season, perhaps not this year or early in the season at, at, at the very... Um, most recent where we actually were, were seen to be up for it and it was that that bit was that was the bit that that pleased me in the first half that we that we weathered it we went one down we got back in it then we go on again and we start pushing and I guess the question for us is because you know let's face it chaps you know we need to win games you yeah. know draws are great but actually wins looking at the table again and look mm. at this this time last year and look at where we were five years ago when we sack Lee Johnson because we weren't progressing and look at us now, you know, yeah. you can't argue progression now. So actually we've got to stabilise from this base and get out of the relegation you, mire and actually, you know, that's what we need to do. Yeah, your, your points away from home are only really good points away from home if you're winning your games at home and we're not doing that at the moment. Our home record has been appalling of late, hasn't it? So, and what we've got um, Birmingham and Blackburn up next, I think. I don't know which order. I think it's that order. Birmingham. Um, which would be two two tough games. Um, you know, historically against Birmingham, we never do really well. And Blackburn are sitting, what, third in the league at the moment. So it, it, we know it'll be tough. But, you know, two, two points against certainly a really tough place to go in Millwall and then a Coventry team who I think are a really good footballing team and have got an excellent manager in, in Mark Robbins. 
it's still decent, isn't it? You've got, you've got we, we had to be happy with that. Um, and I'll go back to what Ben was saying earlier on. And, you know, I, I say it quite often. We're all entitled to opinion. We all pay our money, whether you like Nigel Pearson, whether you don't. But it does absolutely nothing for the team if during a game when you go 1-0 down early, fans start, our own fans start cheering sacks in the morning. If you want to do that, do that at the end of the game and make it known then. But during the game, you've got to be behind the team. Um, says the man who was shouting at Matty James a lot yesterday. <laughs> 34th yeah. minute, Viner booked. Not sure if it was a booking, to be fair. I think the Coventry player stayed down, yep. but um, I thought it was a well-timed tackle, personally. I, I think from their reaction, um, it was clear a well-timed tackle. Um, I know sometimes players sort of appeal for stuff, but yeah, I think Zach was sort of pretty incredulous that he got booked for it, wasn't it? So. Yeah. 37th minute, great pressure from Wells and Semenyo chasing down the keeper. Could have gone anywhere. I think it, Max's, sorry, um, Antoine's first two goals were from chasing down they were. Yeah, uh, the goalkeeper. So yeah, that one could have gone anywhere. And another great corner from James. Atkinson heads on target and it's a great block on the line from Coventry. So we could, on the 37th minute, Ben, have been going 2-1 up. Yeah, I mean, I think back to the to the Viner challenge. I I felt it was harsh at the time. I've seen it back yeah. since. I I I I've changed. I kept my opinion. It was harsh, but you know, it was it was a good marker for uh, Zach in the in the game. I know we're discussing a bit a bit later in the ratings. Yeah, and and that was a great James corner. Uh, one of our ten in the first half, and it was almost a a, 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 a sort of a rob in space. And it was um, again, it was well placed, but not not really threatening the keeper. And uh, yeah, we we ended up, um, you know. Keep, kept her in the screw during the first half. It was, it was it was good stuff at that point. Well, I don't know who it was on the line, Matt, but um, you know, we've was seen... that was yeah, was that Cam Pring's header? That, no, Rob um, Atkinson's. Oh, was it? There was definitely one that got cleared off the line by Boykeres. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was that was Pring. No, it was Pring. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, Pring. Yeah, oh, okay. he got because he was pulled down um, as well, and they were they thought he should have been a pen as well. Um, but if it was the one where it was you know a really bullet header that was cleared off the line, it was Boykeres, and yeah, it was Pring's header. Okay. Let me just have a quick look. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure I filmed it as well on my phone. That's because I was doing a bit of filming yesterday. I mean, I know you're, you're dating me, but in, and this podcast over the last couple of years should teach you never to date me. I'm not dating you. Yeah, yeah so it was a great header from Camp Pring. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Matt. Well yeah. played. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me by email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you.
Okay, into the halftime summary from Rob. City, definitely the better side, having carved open for their early opener. Uh, The high press is working well, and home fans' frustrations are evident, which is resulting in increasing nervousness across their back line. With a bit bit more of composure and quality in the final third, we could have, and perhaps should, have gone ahead, given our overall superiority. Special mention to Tanner, Scott, and Pring, who have all had great halves. We've got a cameo um, halftime summary as well from Joanna Baggs. Good first half, apart from the first 10 minutes when Casey Palmer ran the show for them. We had 10 corners and James couldn't beat the first man on at least three of them. Harsh. Front three and wing backs causing lots of issues for Coventry. More of the same and hopefully we can nick it. Uh so the halftime stats, 50-50 on possession. Six shots for Coventry, nine shots for City. Three on target for Cov, two on target for City, two corners for Coventry, 10, as you say, for Bristol City, three fouls to four. Um, let's have a quick chat about these corners then, because I think only one of Matty James's uh, didn't clear the first man. And I think maybe all bar one of Naismith's did, didn't clear the first man. And it's a massive frustration and it has been all season for me, Matt, around not getting it over the first man. They must be practicing hitting the front post, but you've got to have someone in front of the first defender to be able to flick it on. I just think, um, you know, we, we talked about muscle memory and repetition, repetition. For, for me, the, the most dangerous corner is the one that's under the bar and the keeper's got to come through players. Now, when we play that, invariably, we never have anyone stood in front of the keeper, so he just comes and catches it. Um, but like you, the, the fact of not beating the first man, I, I just don't get. Um, it's it's not, you know, it shouldn't be difficult for a professional footballer to be able to put the ball almost on the spot that he wants to. Um, you know, I, I think all of us would like to think that we could put a cross in um, from a dead ball position and, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily the first attempt, but, you know, two or three attempts, you'd like to think that you would. Well, I think they can. I think they can. But they're trying to do they're trying to do something too cute with it. Yeah. Um, And it's it's something I I had someone else saying. Um, I don't think our dead ball from a a corner point of view, um, we don't seem to vary it routine wise. And certainly from free kicks, we don't seem to have much imagination on things. Um, So just trying something a little bit different. To be fair. I'm actually enjoying the ball being cleared at the front post, then it going out to the back post and long, like we've been doing most of the season. <laughs> so it's a slightly different moment that we've got now. But yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it shouldn't... Matty James, I thought, like you said, were were, um, were pretty decent in the main in that first half, but, but Naismith just couldn't get it going, could he? Okay. 53rd minute, Palmer ball over the top. Striker gets ahead of Atkinson, but Viner makes an excellent tackle and gets up to put it out for a corner. And then Pring shortly after does does very similar. This, this Ben, for me, was the tackle of the season so far from, from Zach Viner. And quite rightly, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to be, I'm sure, our man of the match. But... Uh, We've said it before, Zach Viner's come back from the uh, the taxi rank in the bus depot to basically drive in the bus. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the people around me in the south stand uh, get frustrated at my, and I call him Lord Zach or Lord Viner, because I think he's been <laughs> decent this year in, in some pretty poor stuff. And I don't think, critically, um, he if you look at his performances, that it merits and 
you know, he's, he's running back towards us, towards the away end there. It was a right-footed challenge across his body, across the Gukarez's, uh off his toes. And, you know, it, it, it was rightly well-lauded. And, and most of us in the our section of the away end there got up and, and applauded that. And it must, and you could see him growing in confidence. You know, he's, he's, a, he's not a, a diminutive character in any case, but he actually could see him grow. And, you know, I think he's done some good stuff. Now, you could argue needs must and... And the injury to Callas and the and the and the and the sort of uh, absence of closer as persona non grata, whatever's going on that. But you know, actually, you know, homegrown, been farmed out loads, and actually, you know, credit where credit's due. And I know again, I know afterwards, Pearson um, thanked him on the pitch with an un, un Pearson like embrace, um, which was well deserved. And it was it was great stuff. And you know, I think at that point, you know, we. The second half was quite a lot of Coventry pressure and that set the marker really sort of five, ten minutes in for what was going to be essentially quite a quiet half from a Bristol City perspective, but also a chance for us to withstand the Coventry reaction. Because at that moment, after that, they started to bring on, I think they, I think a minute after that, they brought on three subs. They took off Casey, they took off Waghorn. Um, and actually, I think that, that, that helps a little bit, although, uh, of course, um, there was still work to do. Matt, uh, we mentioned it in the car on the way home. Callas could be back, let's say, for Birmingham at home. Where does he fit in? Because you can't drop Zach Viner. Atkinson I mean, and uh, Naismith. Yeah, at the moment, he doesn't, does he? Um, you know, he, he might come onto the bench um, and certainly having him back in the, the first-team squad will add competition. Um, but absolutely. And, and you know, I, I guarantee you yesterday there were still people walking out of that ground that would have been disputing whether Zach Viner was man of the match and whether Zach is championship level and all of those things that come at him. It was a, an outstanding performance from Zach yesterday. And that tackle was um, Bobby Moore-esque on Pele. It was an, an absolute clear goal-scoring chance from, from for me, the best striker in the division that I've seen this season um, in Goycares. Um, and Viner times it perfectly. But then not only that, as you quite rightly said, Patchy, he was aware enough to know that the ball was still live to then see it out. Um, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then similarly, Campering's challenge coming yeah. across. Um, the one thing I would say from the last two games is, and it's something that Pearson's talked about throughout his time here, really. We had players yesterday throwing their bodies on the line, looking desperate to keep the ball out of the net. Um, which has to be a good thing. So for all of those that have talked about Nigel Pearson losing the dressing room and absolutely no chance, not not on those two displays. And what I liked yesterday as well, um, and if you watch it back, when Semenyu scores, you've got players like Vyman, Atkinson, who are beyond the plate, that just punch in the air with delight. Again, not, not a team, a group of players that aren't looking to get the win. So... Whatever, you know, and, and I'm still very much with, with Nigel Pearson, not sure. But whatever you think, he, he definitely hasn't lost the dressing room on those two performances. Yeah, good point. Well made. 60th minute, Naismith corner doesn't beat the first man for about the third time today, I've written down. But we, we've copy uh, and paste. We've bashed that dead horse several yeah. times. Right. 66 minute is the triple substitution from Coventry. Um, as you said, it was, Matt, good to see Casey Palmer come off. However, here's my theory. Mark Robbins probably knew that he'd run his course um, yeah. before he dipped off. So, yeah, no, good, I mean, good point. That's, that's what's happened in the past is he stayed on a little bit too long um, and yep. does dis disappear. But, uh, but yeah, 
Uh, 73rd minute, great block from Tanner. Um, Coventry starting to get back into the game at this point, Ben. Yeah, there's lots of running and energy. I think the subs made it uh, a difference for them. They brought a ladder on up front who was... Um, it was a young lad. It was lively. I think number thirty. His name escapes me now. But he he was um not big, but he was running around and causing I think problems for Tavares. Yeah, I think thank you very much uh, for um, Atkinson and Naismith. And also, you know, I'd made a note around kind of why you know where were our fresh legs at that point? You know, I would have brought off probably Weiman probably a bit earlier than that. But I know he did. You know, he stayed on. But I know eventually um, Conway came. Um, on for Wales, which we probably saw coming, sadly or gladly, depending on your perspective. But um, yeah, we needed a bit more energy in there, and I thought that some fresh legs could have given us that. But again, we 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 we'd earned the right in the first half to be in that situation, and Coventry got a little bit desperate uh, and actually didn't really threaten us with clear cut chances. If you look at the the sort of how the game played out from there. Yeah, Matt, your thoughts on that? I think it was a bit of a bugbear from you yesterday. The fact that we could see Coventry coming back into the game. We've got. Um, however many substitutes substitutes we've got these days, it's seven. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, and why aren't we using them if they're on the bench? It's 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 a criticism that I've got with Nigel Pearson. I think his in-game management um and looking to change the game and potentially yesterday looking for the win isn't very good. Um I thought clearly Matty James was struggling from a, a um, an energy level point of view and then I, I know I'm saying that about Matty James but even more so than that the change I would have made would have been Alex Scott coming off um, Alex is a, a brilliant talent make no mistake about it but yesterday he was poor by his standards and gave away two unbelievably bad passes that both led to breaks on goal that had it not been for tackles I think Naismith on the second one could have led to something. He just wasn't on form. And I get bored with the Naki Wells coming off or the Tommy Conway coming off. He could have changed it. Tommy could have come on, like Ben said. Andy Vyman was was pressing and, and had a decent game, but wasn't on the form that we know that he can be. Tommy Conway could easily have come in and played in that position. Or the, the sub I was talking about was playing Sykes in there. I mean, you, you, you went to Mangusfield, didn't you, over Christmas and were chatting to a couple of Oxford fans. Um, who couldn't believe that Sykes was playing sort of wing back in, um, you know, thought he would be that that 10 or that that wide player. Um, why not make a change? Give it something to, to think about. And I just get frustrated. Coventry, yes, they're at home and, and perhaps the onus is on them to try and get the win. But to make three substitutions like they did, trying to win the game, and we made the standard like for like, nothing changed. So, yeah, that, that would be my criticism of Nigel Pearson yesterday. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sorry, point. Nigel, if you're listening. I know you don't, you know, um, but we we pays our money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, maybe he. The only thing I can think of, he's thinking we're away from home. You've got I, that. I, don't change the. Yeah, I, I get that. But like you said, if, you, but... if you've got seven subs mm. and you've got players on there that aren't affecting the game positively enough, you make a change. Surely, just give something different. Yeah, freshen it up. Seventy fifth minute, Semenyo breaks away. Down the right-hand side, he gets into the box and you just think, lash it. However, Weinman is in a good position. However, the defender does get ahead of him. And we're, well, I was certainly jumping up celebrating a goal because it was like, you know, from here to eternity away for us. But for every part of me, I thought that Weinman was sliding in and, and knocking that one in. But when you watch it back, 
the defender just gets in front of him, somehow hooks it off the line. And I think Weinman tries to punch the ball into the net and, and gives away a free kick. But uh, Ben, remarkable uh, sequence of events. Yeah, and like you, Pat, I was off off the off the chair thinking, you know, we we you know we we have got a a last minute, you know, a last ten minute, you know, chance to to win a game and start the year off in a way we all we all hope as as City fans. I think that actually, you know, Wyman did keep running, and fair play to him. And having suggested that he should have come off five minutes earlier, you know, Wyman did keep going all game. And um, you know, I got notes later on where he's he's still got legs in the eighty and eighty fifth minute where he's still going. So that probably is the reason. But, but back to Matt's point, Alex Scott was poor yesterday, did give the ball away, was quiet, saw no reason why he should be on there in that situation. And we need to win the game. And I think we could have affected it, particularly with the game management where Coventry had made subs and it added to their um, energy and yeah. mm. breakability. So in that context, you know, look at the game in the context rather than just simply putting a round peg off and a round peg in. And that's the bit that I'm surprised about with Pearson. And and maybe he needs to refer to that in his post-match much more because actually it raises questions like, like we're discussing this morning, which probably uh, he could see off from a, his perspective or one of his coaching staff could explain kind of what the thought process is around selection for substitutes, etc. Well, you've got when, to... you've, when you've got the likes of Joe Williams on yeah, the bench... Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll just look at yeah. the bench now. So, Jada Silva, defender, but can come forward. Mark Sykes, attacking player, could could impact the game. Andy King, defensive midfielder. Joe Williams, defensive but has scored in the past. Sam Bell, he's still got lots to prove in the first team, but a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, and then the change does come. Conway for Wells, which we which we knew was coming. It's just a yeah. matter of time, Matt. I just felt like I said it, it was the Sykes one for me, um, and, and maybe from a man management point of view, right, Mark. Get warmed up. You're going to be coming on for Andy's role in that 10. Let's see what you can do in there. Now, we saw him pre-season, um, you know, play in that position as well and, and you know, looked quite dangerous at times. He's got a little bit of pace about him. Um, I just felt it was an opportunity to just just change it up. And like, like Ben said, sometimes you do have to look at what the opposition have done. They've brought some more energy onto the pitch and we were starting to flag. And it just felt as though... He was happy with the point. Now, don't get me wrong. I was happy with the point at the end. But I just felt that from a management point of view, it was more playing for the point than going for the win. Okay. 82nd minute. Scott plays a dangerous ball across the pitch and Coventry are away. Matt, you referred to this one already. It was um, a strange pass. Like, not quite across the face of goal, but... Yeah. It's like on the halfway line. I don't know. I don't know who he's looking at because he, he literally plays it straight to the Coventry player, doesn't he? It's just yeah. a, yeah. And Max does uh, save any blushes there. Yeah. And then 92nd minute, it's um, Max O'Leary coming to claim the ball. He kicks it long, um, sees Tommy Conway's run. Conway's away down the right-hand side. He holds the ball up really well, comes back inside looking for a bit of support and wins a free kick. Um, we know Tommy can do that. And I think... Earlier on in the season, maybe he was. We had Chris Martin on the bench to come on and do that role, but Tommy's equally um, able to hold the ball up and to win a free kick there, which uh, which Naismith takes um, and ultimately comes to nothing. But fantastic work from Conway, Ben. Yeah, and again, you know, I think we we all pleasure in seeing his his rise up through in terms of experience and and getting 
minutes on the pitch in 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 men's championship football. Uh, you know, and I think the club always spoke about him as a way of being the hold-up player, the kind of new version of Martin or homegrown version of Chrissy Martin, who seems to be um, absent yesterday completely and I think probably on his way very soon somewhere else. So that's kind of a, one more sort of club out of the bag we need to look at in, in, the, in the club to, to replace. And, uh, you know, I think, I think Tommy is somebody that will interest other, other clubs at some point. Not probably till next summer, and we and we all know we we walk into the you know this year now we we go into sort of the May June period with a significant amount of players out of contract. I know it's not Tommy, but other players around it, which will affect the the makeup of our side, which is a really important piece of uh, work. Perhaps the most important summer the club's had contractually for for a good while. Yeah, I think the thing is with that Ben as well. It very much depends where we are as well. Because if we do get relegated, which, you know, we're 19th and no one can be naive enough to think that that's not a possibility. Um, the likes of Tommy Conway, Alex Scott, if clubs do come in for them, we have to take less of a premium for it. And they're going to want to play at the level they're playing now. So um, the, the crucial thing is obviously staying in the league. And I know we all know that. But you're right then in terms of the contractual elements. Massive summer. Um, it's a, a, a very much a rebuild, isn't it? Yeah, and I was saying to my, to my mate, uh, Andrew, um, he's called Beaner to all of us. We've been my best mate for the last 45 years. And, uh, you know, does this feel like a relegation side? You know, looking back to O'Driscoll's and, uh, and and the early McInnes era and other clubs we've gone, you know, the sort of Ben and Arts. And it, and, it, and it does feel slightly better than previous relegation sides. So that gives me some hope that we're not going to be drawn into a protracted fight against the drop but you're right in Matt in terms of you know we are unfortunately in the bracket now of being one of the clubs down there and that's a very hard label to shift because we you know we're down there for a reason and down there is other clubs saying that we're you know kind of at risk of dropping in back into the third tier and I think that that would be um that would be a shame and if it does happen you need to be really clear on on why it's happened because it won't just be Nigel Pearson all this season no that's right so I know yesterday was the start of a new year, but I uh, thought it was worth mentioning. We went the whole of 2022 without being awarded a penalty and without scoring a free kick, Matt. So, um, yeah, 2022, not not time for set pieces. <laughs> Incredible, really, isn't it? And um, I think it goes back to my, my earlier point. You know, we need to look at our dead ball work and just come up with some different routines. You know, I think back to the, was it the weasel? Um, yeah, but the you know those kind of things we we don't seem to do. We seem to if it's wide, Naismith sends the sort of curling ball in to try and get something on it. Um, there's there's very little invention. The penalty thing is a, just a farce, isn't it? I mean, we've now even got a website dedicated to how many. I'm days just trying to find that to get the up to the minute I think, moment. I think it's BristolCityPenalty.co.uk, something right. like that. Keep but, talking. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it is. I mean, it's incredible. There was one moment yesterday where Antoine went un- under a challenge that we all kind of thought, oh, that looks a pen. Um, and then you notice the linesman's flags up for offside. So so there you go. Yeah, 421 days, 18 hours, 31 minutes and 39.40 seconds. I mean, that's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and ironically, it was yesterday's opponents was the last time that we had the penalty at Coventry, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. Because Chrissy Martin scoring in a 3-2 defeat or whatever it was. Yeah. 4-3, whatever, yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, two two points from two away games. Ben, obviously, back to Ashton Gate on Sunday for the FA Cup. Let's um, 
what do you think is going to happen with that? And obviously, we had the Lincoln debacle in terms of um, the number of changes, but still a team put out that that should have beat Lincoln. How do you think we'll approach the Swansea game first? Well, I, I think he, he will go with the similar sort of t- team that we, we put out the last two games. We, we haven't got... Um, if he hasn't got a huge confidence by the by the lack of subs or the lack of use of subs, I think that on the bench to make wholesale changes. The cup, we haven't progressed for years in, in the cup. You know, we all know the last time we had a decent cup run was, you know, five and a bit years ago on a fateful night against Manchester United in the in the League Cup. And since then, it's been kind of hit and miss, really. So let's give it a go. But the problem is, is in our situation, the league position, as Matt's already outlined perfectly, is really important to us. So getting a fourth round tie away at um, uh, um, MK Dons is probably not going to be a priority compared to bagging a couple of wins against uh, Birmingham and Blackburn, respectively, in the games afterwards. So that that's kind of how I feel it will be. Um, and I don't know whether or not the club will say that, but I think Nigel will do that in his selections for next Sunday. Yeah, I think I think momentum is quite important. Matt, I, I probably wouldn't be making too many changes. I'd probably personally be treating it like a league game to try and get momentum going into the next two, two home games. I probably would as well. And I think with the likes of, of Andy Vyman and, and Semenyo, um, Andy playing in a, a role that he's accustomed to but hasn't been playing in, I think it's good to keep him in there. Um, I think it would be good to to mix Tommy and Naki again, maybe go for something slightly different, maybe go Tommy and Sam Bell, give Sam Bell a run out from that point of view. Um, and dependent on where we are with Kalas, you know, he, he might be someone that could come in to the squad, you don't know. But yeah, like you, I think it's important to try and maintain the, the the positive performances from the last two games. But I absolutely agree with Ben. You know, for me, we, we all love a cup run and we'd all love nothing more to get through this and draw, you know, Man United away or Everton away for me as I've, I've not been to Goodison. But actually, if it's the sake of going out and losing 3-0 to Swansea um, and then staying in the league, um, yeah, I, I would take that every day of the week. But well, it's also a very different proposition, you know, Lincoln versus Swansea. Um, yeah. We don't want to be on the end of... And Swansea will be in the same boat, though. They'll, they'll be looking at, OK, do we want to play a first team because they've got their own promotion ambitions? So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Right, Matt, let's come on to the ratings. The last two podcasts, 5.25 um, up into 6.45 with Millwall away. Let's see where we yep. are today. Okay, Um. so Max, I went seven. Um. I thought his distribution was, was good yesterday. Um. Couldn't be faulted for the goal. In fact, was really unlucky with it. Um, made a couple of other really important saves. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a slightly above what I would would have expected from a six point of view. So yeah, I went seven. So five, six, seven, max in the last yes, few games. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's on an upward trend. Good. Um, George Tanner, Naismith, and Atkinson. I went three sevens. Um, I didn't couldn't really split the the three of them. Um, I thought that all of them did what I would would have expected, but defended well against, as I say, what I think is the best striker in the league um, against a very good football inside. So I, I thought all three of those, um, you know, being being positive, I'm going sevens. Campering, I went eight. Um, definitely in the discussions around man of the match. Um, another solid position, a solid game from Cam. Obviously created the goal. I don't think he gets the assist because I think it it took took a um, uh, 
Thanks, Officer Scott. Thanks, Scott or um, or Naki. Yeah, um, but it was his perseverance. Um, so it was an eight for Cam, and then for Zach Viner. And I haven't done this too many times, um, but it was a nine for me. I thought it was an, an outstanding performance. He got booked harshly. Um, there may have been one moment where where Wagon got caught the other side of him. But generally, I thought his all-round reading of the game, stepping in and, and, and intercepting the ball. Again, a lot of the time, he was the one up against Goycares. Um, The tackle was was worthy of a point in its aim. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a really, really strong performance. And I, I think he got the, 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 the official man of the match from the club. And I think he was our man of the match patch, wasn't he? On, yeah, 70%. Um, 145 votes, 70% for Zach, Pring then 10%, then Antoine 15, then Z- uh, Atkinson for five. So, I mean, that's that's a, a huge percentage for, for Zach to be getting that. So, yeah, I think um, a nine, definitely. Um, into midfield, um, Matty James, despite everything that I've said, I gave a six because I think he's he's in there to do a job that he does. It's just for me, I'd like to see more um, dynamism in there. But I think he's doing the job he's asked to do. I think at the moment, he's more of a, a liaison point, isn't he? He So like for the goal, he he it was into, into James, James out to Pring. He yeah. broke up the play to to set up the chance in the first place. What you're looking for is more of a someone who's going to create and drive I, forward. Yeah, I, I just want more of a creative influence on there. And, and that's probably down to my ignorance in... Um, if me and Nigel were sat having a coffee chatting about it, um, I'm sure Nigel would sort of say to me, well, look, this is what he does. And if you, probably if you watched his heat map and stuff like that, what Matty James does is exactly what he should be doing. So um, hence the six, and I've not not gone lower than that, but I, I would just, when I looked at Hamer yesterday for them, he's getting the ball, he's popping it, he's running, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Matty James probably isn't that player now with the legs, from an Alex Scott point of view, Alex Scott isn't that player. He's got energy and speed, Alex, but he hasn't got that burst of pace where he gets it and he's gone. Um, you know, the, their goal yesterday, case in point, Hamer, one, two. We don't seem to have any of our midfielders that, that do that kind of thing. So Matteo went six. Alex, I went five. Um, and, and Alex has been on a, a run of, of games with us. He's had... Um, against Rotherham, he got a seven, but then he's been five, five, six, five, and we even I even debated five for Millwall. Um, I even toyed this morning with a four for him, almost to chastise the young man for those two, two, those two passes, um, but I didn't. But um, yeah, I just, I just felt probably against Swansea, I might even take Alex out and give him a rest, um, and and just you know. I'm not saying necessarily Kaji, but you might, but be the, might be out of the team, out of yeah. Bristol City potentially. Well, who, 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 I, yeah, I don't. I think I think from his advisor's point of view, um, if Alex Scott goes to the Prem and he's, and he's only going to go to the Prem unless a, a Burnley came in for him potentially, um, and I don't I don't see that. But if he went to the Prem, I'd like to think his advisors would be saying, yeah, you know, great, but he needs a loan move back. Um, because he needs to be playing football, and and he's not going to play in the prem this season. Um, you know, he's 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 not yet at that level. Um, Andy Vyman, I went six. Um, it was an energetic performance again from him. Still not 
quite coming off. One little bit of moment, the cross that he, he kind of smashed across, um, not getting in front of the defender for Semenyu's cross. Um, but, you know, I think like Ben said, his press in the first half with Naki um, and his energy and, and absolutely, as Ben said, probably the reason why he stayed on the pitch was because he was still doing what he does from an energetic point of view. Um, Naki, I went six. I thought Naki worked hard again. Um, I, without very little being played into him as a striker, probably a bit like Andy Vyman the other night, probably should have scored from the header that came across to him, but it was it was it quite a speed, but he's, he's so close to the, the goal that you'd back him to, to put that on target. And then Antoine, um, who was certainly in the reckoning for man of the match as well, um, I went eight. I thought Antoine had a, a really solid game, obviously scored the goal and and, and looked more impressive. Um, so went eight for Antoine. So yeah, Zach, Zach man of the match. And with all of those, if you agree with that, that's a, a 6.91, which feels about right in terms of it was a, a an improved performance on the Millwall game um, in terms of efforts on goal and, and some of the football we played. Um, so, yeah, feels about right. And then with Nige, I went seven for Millwall. I'll, I'll go seven again against Coventry. Um, it's a point away against a good side. But as I say, I'd like to see us do a little bit more from an in-game management point of view. And on Nigel Pearson as well, we mentioned at the end of the last podcast, it would just mean a lot more if he did come a little bit closer and clap the fans. We've, we've seen him clap the fans most games, yep. um, but he did. He came more he, or less to the edge of the 18-yard box yep. and was the, was the last the last one off. Yeah, and I know it, it does sound, um, you know, a bit petty, but I don't know if you've seen um, footage of Charlton's victory yesterday against Portsmouth um, and Dean Holden, goes like as Lee Johnson used to do, but goes right up to the, the chart and end. He's actually effing and jeffing. So Dean, just be aware of that, mate, when you're on the camera. There are young, young, <laughs> young kids that might be seeing it. But um you can see the passion in there. They're different people. We know that with Nigel Pearson. Oh, yeah. He does always stand on the sidelines and applause. But yesterday it it was a nicer touch to see him sort of come that little bit closer. Because let's be fair, it's an expensive time of year. And um, I think my Coventry ticket yesterday was 34 quid, which, you know, that, that isn't cheap, is it? So, yeah, it's good, good to see. Cool. Okay. Any other business, Matt? Any any one final thing? I guess, I guess transfer windows open. Yeah. Um, yesterday, Nigel was asked by, by Ed Hadwin about the, the transfer business um, and said that um, he's not involved in it. Um, it's it's purely down to sort of tins. Obviously, he will be involved in the identification of the players in yay or nay. But um, he said he hadn't spoke to to tins yesterday, although they'd had a couple of text sort of exchanges. Um, he would like to do something early, but obviously, it just depends what it is. But I just just reading between the lines, it did feel like there would likely be something fairly early on, both from a movement point of view. Um, of out of the club and 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 players coming in, so it, it will be interesting to see. Yeah, can I just okay. add, add to that? Yeah, Sorry. Quick, yeah, just just I mean, just back back to the ratings. Yeah, Matt, spot on. Agree with that. I think to reinforce the the Lord Zachary point, you know, stunning stuff, really. And yeah, uh, let's hope that continues for his benefit and the benefit of our wonderful club. Um, and the rest of them, I think, speak for themselves. It's quite reassuring. I think we all felt that yesterday around those ratings are, you know expected and a little bit more you know to get a point at a, a rampant Coventry previously not the last I think they've only won 
one of the last six games, but they before that they they were flying after that we, we beat them in the in the league cup, uh, and also their on field and off field um, hassles as well. It can't be easy for that club. So that that's you know be grateful for what, what we've got. Um, back to the club in terms of kind of where where we are. I just I just think sometimes the communication around what what we stand for, what the vision of the club is, where we're going, are we looking to appoint youngsters? Are we growing for the future? Are we looking to mix it up? We sort of lost a lot of that in the last sort of 18 months. You know, we sacked, sacked Lee Johnson because we weren't making the playoffs. Then we appointed Dee Holden after a ridiculous process that was meant to be rigorous or um, whatever it was meant to be. And then we end up in a situation of regressing essentially the last three years. And if you look at where we are, our gap to the relegation zone is a lot narrower than this time last year, uh, which I think we were seven or eight points away from the bottom three. Now we're three. So actually... We've got to be really clear on what 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 we're standing for and what what we're doing about it and and you know where are we actually with financial fair play you know what is the communication around cutting the wage bill because the last time we had a a metric of cutting the wage bill was Derek McInnes which led to a Driscoll coming in and us getting relegated back to the third tier so that's sort of I think live in the minds of most fans around kind of what we stand for and how the club can hopefully communicate better with us as fans to be really clear on what the plans are. Okay. Well, I mean, we've got Phil Alexander starting his handover tomorrow, as we're led yeah, to believe. Well, yeah, so, um, and I'm not going to say where I heard it, but um, I was told yesterday that it's not actually until the 1st of February, and I, and I thought it was, was January. Well, the announcement said that he's um, going to be handed over with, with Richard, Richard Gold and yeah. then taken over on the 1st of February. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully he is doing exactly that, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine they're they're sat next to each other on a desk showing how to do processes no. and things like that. <laughs> like um, we've all done, yeah. <laughs> it'll be more of a a conversational piece, I'm sure, and etc. So uh, yeah, well, let's see next Sunday what happens with Swansea in the in the FA Cup in terms of team selection and performance. Just, sorry, one one final thing, just just out of interest, um, I just looked at the averages for the season. Okay. Um, 6.89 is our top average for the season. Who do you think that is? Our top Oh, the the, the game. Player. Player. Oh, so player. Player rating average for the season. 6.89 is the top. Who do you think that is? Um, Viner? Nope. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Close, but no cigar. Um, Atkinson? Close, but no cigar. Naismith? Nope. Can't get any closer than that. That's the back three. Well, yeah, well, Matty James. You're close <laughs> in terms of the back. Okay. Uh, campering. Campering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah campering. Okay. Um, he's 6.89. Zach, 6.36. Uh, Atkinson, 6.6. So, yeah. What's Conway? Tommy is 6.59. And Mac okay. is 6.86. So, so in yeah. the race for, for three peeps player of the seasons, currently is Campering. Is that what we're saying? Camp, campering followed closely by Mackie Wells. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and then Rob Atkinson and Tommy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, I'd want to hope that, that Viner's improvements and his ratings will go up because he's being coached really well and developed. And again, yeah. you don't hear a lot about that, about taking a player and making them better. You know, it's kind of yeah. that, I don't know whether it's football industry or our club. I think everyone's in a similar boat. But actually, I want to see players being coached to improvement for the benefit of the club their own career and then going on again. And that that bit, I yeah. think we're also missing that little bit of a the piece of our jigsaw currently. Mm. Yeah, good shame. 
Okay, right. Thanks for this, everybody. Um, do not forget to follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And actually, we were asked for our email address as well. That's 3PIAPC at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, do feel free to get in touch. But for now, thank you very much to Ben. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Max. Thanks, and Ben. Good to see you, pal. Good to see you. Max, we will see each other very soon. We will, yeah. yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you, boys. See ya. I've been riding low. I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Because you don't know me. Don't be quick to judge. Cause I tell you something. I don't care that much. Don't come around here. Watching that little